communion, and this is what's been going on in me. For about two months, uh, the Lord started talking to me about communion. And uh, I've never had him... I've heard ministers and different people talk over time about communion and saying the Lord told me to take communion every day. He's never told me that. He's never told me that until about two months ago. And he started talking to me about it, right? And I still haven't done it yet because I've been waiting. I've been getting my heart right on it before I jumped into it. I want to make sure that I was well prepared for what I was about to to get. So what was funny is when I was in Nigeria and I got every book that Bishop David wrote, one of them that I've had on my my Amazon desire list has been this book called The Miracle Meal uh, by Bishop David Oyedepo. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend you get your own copy of it and read it. The Miracle Meal by Bishop David Oyedepo. And a lot of what, most of what we're going to be talking about tonight comes out of that book. Not everything, but most everything's in that great book. And uh, I want the notes for tonight. I couldn't print them all on one sheet of paper, but you can go to uh, BC, uh, BC, what is it? Man bclife.org. Thank you. I was wanting to say BC Church. bclife.org slash notes, and you can pull up all the notes uh, that we have for tonight in the scriptures. Amen. bclife.org slash notes. And you'll see here that in those notes, uh, I wrote that there are several quotes, and if there are a quote in these notes, it came from the book from Bishop David Oyedepo, unless I uh, notated it with somebody else. But uh, let's look at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 1. And I want you to see something. This will change your life. This will change your life. This will change your life. The miracle meal, communion, it will change your life if you grab a hold of it. If you grab a hold of it, okay? And I want you to see, this is something that he wrote in here. He says, the more light or the more revelation you have, the more heavenly your life. On the miracle meal, on communion, a lot of times people are not receiving what they should out of communion because they don't have any revelation on it. And that's what this book is about. And that's what we're talking about tonight is a revelation of what's actually in The holy meal, the miracle meal. What's actually in the body and the blood when we take it? What's actually in this? What can we expect according to the word? How can it change your life? And so if you're looking at those notes, let's look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. Remember, he says, the more light... Or the more revelation you have, the more heavenly your life will be. He says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in this brief. By referring to this... When you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. Now what he's saying is there's a life that's available by revelation. 
There's a life of God that when you get insight, when you have eyes to see it, when the light turns on, you can then move into the life that God has for you. When you get that revelation. Well, tonight what I want is I want you to get a hold of the life that's in communion, that's in the miracle meal. It is a miracle meal. I want you to get a hold of that revelation as you get revelation on the power of communion and the power of what's actually in that communion. So uh, if we look in this, he starts to break it down as communion is the ultimate diet. Let's look at Psalms 103, 1 through 5. Psalms 103. Again, all these notes are at bclife.org slash notes. Verse 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. Forget none of His benefits. Who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all... All your diseases, all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things. Uh, uh, The King James says he satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. You see, the Lord says He satisfies you with good things. God satisfies your mouth with good things so that your days are renewed like the eagles. Now, one of the things that Brother David said is the better food you eat, the more health, the better health that you will have. In other words, God has a desire to get His good things to you so that you can live at the top. He does not want you living mediocre. He doesn't want you living substandard. He wants you living at the top. But what we have to do is understand that these things are already provided for and that we can move into them. One of the things about communion, uh, fasting, you notice that communion, fasting, you'll hear me call them tools, right? They're, they're, uh, They're ways to go about some of the supernatural things of God. They're tools. They enter into some supernatural things. They're not weapons. The weapons of our warfare are listed uh, in uh, Ephesians 6. But it says the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, right? But they're not weapons. And those weapons are not communion and fasting is not listed in those weapons. But communion and fasting are tools that God has given to us, among other things. These are a couple that we need to focus on where all of a sudden we can move into a different place. We can move from where we've been to a higher place. Fasting's one of those. Communion also is one of those tools that God wants to open up in our lives. How many people have taken communion after communion after communion, but you've never really seen any results from it? Anybody besides me ever had that? Right. Now, why is that? If it is such a good tool and if it's such a miracle meal, why is it that we haven't received it? Go back to the first thing I said. There's life in revelation. 
There's life in revelation. I'm praying that that's what you will get tonight. That you will have a revelation about that meal sitting over there that will change the way you take it and it will change what you receive when, when you take it. Amen. And I'm preaching it for me too because I'm moving up to a higher level as I take it. I believed some of these things, but I haven't believed all of this the whole time. Well, we want to look at scripture, see what's in it, see what's available to us, get some revelation on what's in this miracle meal. And then when we take it, Lord, God is doing great things inside of you. Amen. 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 So this is, communion ultimately is the ultimate diet. When we put in the body and the blood, we are taking the best thing that's available to us, spiritually or naturally, right? And let's look at this, Mark 14, 22. Mark 14, 22 through 24. How many people, when I said, hey, tonight we're talking about communion, you went, that is not what I thought you were going to be talking about. You don't have to say amen, but I know there's a couple. Mark 14, 22. While they were eating, he took some bread. And after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to them and said, take it. This is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many. This is the blood of the covenant. Now let's turn to John six fifty-five. Like I said, if you pull up those notes, they'll already be there. John six fifty-five. So he said in communion, this is my body and this is my blood. This is my body and this is my blood. And I'm giving it to you. It's poured out as a meal of the covenant. It's poured out of my covenant, the blood of my covenant. In other words, it's a meal of my promise to you. Which promise? All of them. It's a meal for you to take and partake of every promise that God has for you. John 6, 55 says this. It says, my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Jesus was essentially saying, I am giving you the highest form of nutrients you will ever need anywhere in the world. In other words, when Jesus said, my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink, he's saying, there's not one lower than this. And no matter who you are or where you are, my blood and my flesh will be everything that you need. That communion holds in it everything to complete every promise within the covenant. And he says, I've given it to you as my covenant. I've given you the meal of the covenant. And in that meal is everything that you will need. You will not find a truer food and a truer drink. That's what I'm, I'm saying it, paraphrasing it. But that's what he's saying by looking at that. Now let's look at, uh, in other words, the first thing to recognize about the miracle meal is that it truly is the ultimate diet. 
Now, here's the thing. Do we still have to eat on natural food? Well, yes and no. Yes and no. Can you pull a strength from that out of the supernatural? Absolutely. Absolutely, you sure can. You can pull off of that and you can pull a strength in the supernatural. This is what Jesus had when he was out in the wilderness and fasting. This is what he had when he said, I have food and drink that you don't know about, right? He was doing the work of of the Father in that moment. He was pulling on things. There are supernatural things that you can pull on that will sustain you in times when you don't have natural Right? Or even if you're deciding, I'm not going to go after the natural, but I'm going to go after the supernatural, and you can pull on that. Now, I'm not telling you all to go out there and just don't eat for 40 or 50 or 60 days and say, well, I'm going to live by the supernatural. Well, you might be in presumption, and you don't want to be that because then you die. Right? Don't do that. Tell your neighbors, say, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. However, what I'm saying is there's something in the supernatural that can sustain you. And when you take it, it, think about it like this. A lot of times people today take supplements because the vitamins they used to be in food are not in food anymore because we've we've mass produced so many things. And people will take supplements to put those vitamins back in. Where natural food fails, the miracle meal of communion will fill in the gap. Do you see that? It is true food and true drink. It will supplement whatever you uh, have need of. It will bring the full supply. And that's how we need to pull on it. We need to draw on that as the true supply, the true food. Now, and the next thing is that this miracle meal is better than manna. Look, look there at John 6, same chapter, 48 through 51. It's better than manna. 48 says this, Jesus talking, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. That's great. That's, that's awesome. They ate bread and they died. Look, at, look, he says, this is the bread which comes down out of heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. In other words, this is the bread that will bring you to the place where it will sustain your life, not just physically, but also spiritually as well. And I'm not saying that you won't pass from this earth. I'm saying that you won't taste death. In other words, this is a bread that when you eat of it, it will supply you both physically and spiritually. He says, verse 51, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever and the bread also which I give for the life of the world is in my flesh. His flesh is a life-giving source. And what am I wanting you to get out of this? I'm wanting you to see that when you take communion, there's something more than what you've seen in the past in that communion. There's a, when you apply faith to what you are taking in and partaking of and the price that Jesus paid, by faith, something supernatural can start to happen in your body that doesn't just give you life in, the, in eternity. It will actually produce physical life in your body now. 
Didn't that manna, was in the manna that was in the desert, wasn't it a supernatural provision? Yes. And didn't it sustain life while they had the manna? Yes. Well, isn't the life and the bread of Jesus, he said, I'm the bread, I'm the manna from heaven. If, if the manna in the wilderness with the Israelites brought life to them and substance to them, how much more will the bread from heaven that is the flesh of Jesus Christ bring you fullness of even physical life? Can you start to see it? Isn't that cool? Okay, all right, Lord, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing you're wanting me to bring life on a level that we had not seen yet. Now, look at this. this. Let me show you what the manna in the wilderness did, right? Psalm 105, verse 37. 105, 37. As they were eating this manna, this was the testimony that they had. Psalm 105, 37. In the King James says, He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. This was a part of the result of them having the manna in the wilderness, the bread from heaven in the wilderness. Jesus is a greater bread than that. That bread came and passed. He comes and he never leaves you nor forsakes you. Right? Let's look at another thing. Go to Joshua. This is, this is even a bigger proof, I believe. Go to Joshua chapter 14 and verse 11. This is Caleb talking. Now, Caleb... Remember, Caleb was one of the spies that went into the promised land. And he said, we can take it. He and Joshua were the only ones who had faith. He said, we can take it. But then how long did they wander in the wilderness? Forty years. So he went in 40 years ago. This is 40 years later at least. And look at what he says. Now, what was he surviving on? The manna in the desert, right? And he says this. I am still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now. For war was going for going out and going in. I'm strong for enough for war. Forty years later. Forty years later. He said, I'm as strong now as I was then. What was he being sustained on? The manna. Right? How much stronger is the bread of life? That is the flesh of Jesus Christ. When he paid it on the cross and he shed it, he, he broke it for everybody. How much stronger is that miracle meal of communion? Then he says this, uh, Bishop David said this, This meal is designed for strength, health, and longevity. If you take it with the correct spiritual perspective, expect to be strong. Healthy and to fulfill the number of your days. Expect. So when we take communion, uh, will you bring me one of each, bring the elements here? When we take communion, we should expect that health, strength, and longevity belongs to us. Thank you. 
When we take that flesh, that represents, we should expect. Now to us, you know, it just looks like a cracker. But here's the thing. What it represents is the blood and the body of Christ. And we're saying by faith, Father, I'm receiving every bit that Christ paid for. And when I take it, I'm not just eating a cracker. I'm eating and I'm partaking of the flesh of Jesus Christ. I'm, I am believing that I am the price that he paid, right? I'm believing. Now there's, there's some doctrine that believes that this actually turns into the flesh of Jesus Christ. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I'm taking this. This represents what he did for me. And when I take this in the right spiritual perspective, there's something that happens supernaturally inside of me and it brings health it brings strength and it brings longevity to my body amen in other words it's almost like a point of contact where it says i was there on that day i remember the price he paid for me the love that he poured out it, it's saying i remember and i esteem it and i know what he did when he broke his body and what he did i receive amen amen can you see that? So now, let's look at this. Nutrition information. He says, your depth of understanding of this provision ultimately determines your level, the level of your divine benefit from it. So the depth of your revelation and understanding will determine how much you receive out of it. Okay? So let's look at some more scriptures. Let's look at uh, John 60, 51. We already talked about this. He says, he says uh, whoever eats of this bread, this is the bread which comes down out of heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread. Now when he says not die there, he's talking about a spiritual life being born again in God. But he's also... He's, uh, also connecting it to, along with the spiritual life, is a booster in our physical life as well. That will take us to the point where we won't die because we're old and weak. We will die because it's time to pass from one world to the other. In other words, we're not really dying in that sense. We're passing. We're just transitioning from one place to the other. But we're not transitioning because the body's worn out. We're transitioning because it's time to go right there's a difference between the two but if we believe and we walk like we we transition to heaven only because we're old and worn out then that's what you will receive because be it unto you as your faith is right but when we start to understand that is not the design of God because when I take the bread of life which is from heaven he causes my body to be alive its life is in there for the world anybody in the world can take hold of the life that's in the bread of Christ. Anybody can take hold of that when they understand who he is. They can say, I want to be a partaker with Jesus. And as his child, which means to be a partaker, I will become a child of God and I have the ability then to take a hold of the life that is within him. Not just spiritual, but also physical. So we see this here in John 6, 50 and 51. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. I'm that bread. 
I'm the bread, the bread, not just the the bread they had back then. I am the one and only, the bread from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I give for the life of the world is in my flesh. The life of the world is in his flesh. The life of the world. The life, see, now you have the ability to draw on a life that's given for all of the world simply by partaking in communion in that miracle meal. So when you take it, you're not just taking a cracker and a juice and saying, Oh, Lord, thank you for dying for me. And I remember that you did that. You're saying, No, there's something different about it. There's something in this that by faith I can receive some life that I didn't have a few minutes ago. Amen. I can draw on that by faith and I can receive more than maybe the person even next to me because I have revelation of what's actually in that. I have revelation of what the price that he paid. I have revelation that inside of that is a supplement to who I am and I have a right to receive it because I've got the word on it. Then he, let's look at this. Do you remember in the Old Testament where Moses held up the rod, and that rod uh, became a symbol for the freedom of the people. And remember one story, uh, Moses goes to try and tell Pharaoh, let my people go, and Pharaoh's like, no. And then he's, he's got the rod, and Moses throws the stick on the ground, right? And what does it turn into? A snake, a serpent. And then the, the Pharaoh's like, that's no big deal. I got magicians who can do that. Which is pretty impressive because I've never met a magician that can do that. But it would be cool to see it. And Nicole wouldn't like it, but I think it'd be cool. And and then, but here's the thing. (laughs) That's very nice. (laughs) She pretended like she was doing it. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, that's a pretty good trick. But what's interesting is the rod, the serpent that was Moses' rod, what did it do? It swallowed up all the other serpents, right? Well, see, the rod is a representation of the Word of God. And the Word of God, remember, in the, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh, and that was Jesus. And now Jesus, the Word represents the manna. It represents the bread of life. This is the bread of life, that Moses rod. But here's what happened. Those other snakes, those magicians, they were vain Copies of the real. They were vanities. They were the untruth. They were not real. They were illusions. But what happened when the bread took hold of the vanities? It swallowed them up. See, in this miracle meal is also the power to swallow up the vanities of lack. The vanities of of sickness. In this miracle meal is also in that bread is the life of God to swallow up every vanity just like the rod of Moses it swallows up anything that is not of heaven. If you can see something that's a part of the curse in this meal is the power of God to swallow up just like the rod of Moses, just like the word that Moses had, which that represents. In this meal is the power to swallow up anything that's not of God, anything that's misrepresenting God, any any kind of sickness or disease or lack that's in your life. In this meal is the ability to swallow those things up. And you notice they didn't come back. 
right? It was completely swallowed up by that rod. Amen. Let's look at this. Uh, in, um, we're not going to read the story, but in 2 Kings 4, 38, you can see this in your notes. What happened was one of the guys went out and he started making a meal and he threw in the wrong plant and there was poison in the, in the pot that they had. There was a poison in there. And so then the prophet said this, throw some meal in the pot. One of the guys said, there's death in the pot. There was a poison in the pot. And, and they said, they're making up this big pot for everybody to eat. And they started eating it and they went, ah, oh, it's poison. Because somebody had gotten the wrong plant and thrown it in there. He said, that's okay. Take a little bit of the meal, a little bit of the, of the bread and throw it in there. And it neutralized every poison. It neutralized everything that was wrong. Listen, in this meal is not only that. See, that's a type and shadow of the word of God. That's a type and shadow of the bread of life. And it, the word of God and the bread of life uh, contained in this meal, it will completely neutralize every poison in your life. This is why he can say these signs will follow them that believe it. If they take up any harmful thing, it will not hurt them. If they drink any deadly poison, it won't hurt them, right? Why? Because inside of the body of Christ is the ability to neutralize any poison, right? There, there have been testimonies, particularly in Africa. We don't deal with this stuff quite as much. But particularly in Africa... Uh, they have all the time where somebody's poisoned and uh, they'll say all of a sudden they come out of it. Y'all remember James Jacobs that was here last year? He had been poisoned and he, uh, God healed him and completely delivered him. And he showed back up at the house where the guy that poisoned him, the guy fell out. He was like, come on, because he knew he should be dead. This is what the Lord's talking about because inside of the bread of Christ, is the ability to knock out anything that is a vanity raised up against the uh, life of God, right? Inside of him is the ability to neutralize. Uh-oh. My cracker broken. Um, inside of him is the ability to neutralize any poison, to neutralize death, to neutralize imbalances. How about this? To neutralize wrong blood pressures. See, in that pot, there was an imbalance of what was healthy and unhealthy, and it completely neutralized it. What about this? Uh, wrong blood pressures, blood pressures out of balance, sugars out of balance. In, the, in that miracle meal is the ability to wipe all that out, yeah. all of it. In the miracle meal, in that communion. It's to, to wipe out anything that would come against you. So he says this. He says, taking the flesh and blood, though, is not enough. Taking it with understanding is what guarantees outstanding results. Taking it with understanding is what guarantees those results. As you partake of the meal, you should see it waging a total war against death. As you partake of the meal of God, you should see it waging a total war against anything in your body or in your life. You should see it waging war against death. 
Amen? You should see it waging war against lack. See, you don't move into the things of God just because you go through the motions. You move into the things of God because you receive with understanding and faith what He's actually done in it. You should see that every time the rod of God is mentioned, every time that the meal or the bread is mentioned, it's a type and shadow of how God wants to set your life. And when you take communion, you're saying, I agree with every promise that you gave me concerning the bread. I agree with every promise that you gave me. Think about this over in the New Testament. It talks about healing is the children's bread. I receive healings in that bread. Healings in that thing as I receive it. And so when we receive it with understanding, that's when it works for us. Let's turn to Luke chapter 24. Is anybody getting anything? Yep. Stuff coming alive, alive to you? Yep. Glory to God. You should read the testimonies that they have in here time and time again when they had a communion service and the power of God was released just from taking communion right while they took it. Right while they took it. Luke 24, 30. Now the story of this is in Luke 24, they were walking on the road. And what happens is Jesus comes and walks with the disciples. And this was after he was resurrected. And he's walking along with the disciples and they're just talking. And they're telling them everything about Jesus. They're talking all about Jesus. Not realizing they were talking to Jesus the whole time. They didn't realize they were talking to Jesus. They didn't have revelation. They didn't have light on the subject. But then they go back into the house. And look what happens in verse 30. And when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and breaking it and began giving it to them. And then what happened? Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. In that meal, in that bread, when we take that bread, we should be able to believe God. Lord, here's what you're going to do. You're going to start to open my eyes on this. You're going to start to reveal things. We're going to start to have revelation over all things in our life. And you look at these. Look at these things that we've already talked about. This bread, this flesh, it's better than manna. There's life in it. Uh, it swallows up vanities. It neutralizes the deaths, the poisons, the imbalances, Blood pressure, wrong blood pressures, long sugar levels. It opens eyes and brings revelation. The miracle meal, it, I can believe God that it'll start to open up my eyes and bring those revelations. Here's the other thing. It restores mental dignity. It restores, it restores my mind. It makes things clear again. You may have been on so many medications you can't even think straight. You should believe when you take that meal that my mind is being restored. My, my levels are being renewed. I'm not going to have to have that stuff anymore. I'm going to move to the place one at a time until I don't have it anymore. You know, you might not receive it right overnight, but I'm not going to tell you that you can't either. I'm saying that as you go, you will start to drop off the things that have held you down. You'll start to drop off the bondages and you'll start to walk into the fullness that God has for you. 
All of these things are in communion, the miracle meal. And look at this. He said this, all the wonders of life have their root in the wisdom of God. All the wonders of life, now just hear that. All the wonders of life have their root in the word of God. Remember, he told us, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words, when he speaks his word, what we need on that is we need revelation. We need to hear that word, and that word then becomes our bread. We can receive even more revelation. As we take this meal, we hear the things of God. Don't you notice that Jesus never seemed to go, oh no, uh, Peter, John, what are we going to do? That never happened. What are we going to do? Why? Because he was constantly walking in revelation. He was constantly walking in communion. And when we move into Jesus, when we abide in him and he abides in us, we have the same access to that revelation. That's why he said, you have the mind of Christ. You have restored that mental dignity. And one of the things that he points out in here, is he says that we need to understand that this revelation is so very important because I'll read this in a second. Uh, he says this, Jesus always knew what to do in John 6, 6. He says, at every communion table, there's a supernatural opening of your eyes that connects you to the wisdom of God, which in turn commands the wonders or the miracles of God. Let me say that again. At every communion table... There is a supernatural opening of your eyes that connects you to the wisdom of God, which in turn commands the wonders or the miracles of God. Until understanding comes, Bishop David says this, until understanding comes, there's no impact. What we need is we need understanding and we need revelation. And that is directly connected to communion and to that miracle meal. When we take communion, we can believe God that our eyes will be opened and our mental dignity will be restored. You may have been the kind of person that went all the way through life and all of a sudden you, you, were, you were thinking, you know what, I'm just not as sharp as other people. I just can't think clearly like other people can. And when you take it, you should start to believe God that when I take communion, my mind starts to come into focus. I can see things clearly. The fog is removed and I can think through things. I'm thinking through things I never thought through before. You can believe God that you will rise up to new levels because he's restoring mental dignity in me. Amen? Amen? And then all of a sudden we can start to hear the things of God and we can walk in those things. We can get revelation of those things. One of the things that he says here is until understanding comes, there can be no impact. He says uh, they had a testimony from a guy who was in business and this guy makes a brilliant statement because he gets it. He understands it. He says this, Brother I. He says, what you need to break forth in business is not money, but an idea or understanding. You don't need money. You need understanding. Let me give you an example of that. Uh, recently at the minister's conference at Pastor Rodney's, I went down there and he was telling the story of how they got into that building. Over 80 acres. Uh, the, the property, I think it was worth like $16 million that the property was worth. I think eventually, I think they paid about $8 million for it, which is a miracle in itself. But here's the thing. He said, when we signed the paper, that we paid them no money 
We didn't even have money in the bank to buy 20 computers. That must have been a marker for him. He said, we didn't even have that much. He said, how did we get it? Like they're still going, I don't know. I don't know how they got it. Let me tell you how they got it. They were driving by one day and his wife said, that's our property. The Holy Spirit. One word empowered that whole thing to work. That's our property. You don't need money. You need a word. You don't need money. You need understanding. You don't need stuff. You need revelation. And all of that is right here in the miracle meal. Now let's talk about the blood for a few minutes and then we'll be done. Leviticus 17.11. What's in the blood? We talked about what's in the bread. We talked about what's in the flesh. What's in the blood? Leviticus 17.11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. For the life is in the blood. The life is in the blood. You got to understand, this is just grape juice. But when I put remembrance and faith to it, that grape juice all of a sudden becomes very powerful. It's still just grape juice, but there's something that transfers. It becomes to me, and I'm not talking about literally, but it becomes a source of the life of God for me. It becomes a source of his life. Because spiritually, I'm approaching it the right way. I'm approaching it with revelation. I'm approaching it with faith. And I'm approaching it with expectation that something's about to change. The life of the flesh is in the blood. He says this, every person's state of being is traceable to the contents of his blood. Every person's state of being is traceable. I think I capitalized the H in there. That wasn't supposed to be capitalized. In other words, if you are healthy or non-healthy, it all can be traced back to what's in your blood. Now see, if we partake, is that right? Amen. We've got the nurse shaking her head. Yes, amen. If your blood is healthy, then you are healthy. If your blood is not healthy, you are not healthy. The life of the flesh is in the blood. See, God knew it the whole time. So when we become partakers of the blood of Christ, all of a sudden we are changing the makeup of who we are, not just physically but spiritually. And we have a right to believe that our outwardness, our outward body is also changed as we partake of a miracle meal. The life of the flesh is in the blood. So then it says this, uh, looking at Luke twenty two nineteen through 20 and 1 Corinthians eleven twenty five. We're not going to look there. But Jesus basically said, this is what Bishop David quoted, quoted as paraphrasing. Whatever could not resist me, Jesus saying, whatever could not resist me, whatever had to bow to me, now has to bow to you. 
Because when you become a partaker of the blood, you become a part of me. When you become a partaker of the blood, you become a partaker of me. And if it couldn't resist me, it can't resist you. This is in the miracle meal. Now now you're starting to see some even more strength that's in this. In other words, when we take communion, we're not just remembering the love only that happened on that cross. We're remembering and we are receiving everything that it did. Everything that it did. We are receiving the character and the nature of Christ. And now he says, you'll do these things and greater. Why? Because we become partakers with him. We are in Christ. We're in him. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 7. 1 Corinthians 5, 7. And this is part one, by the way. I don't know when we'll do part two. I don't know how we'll do part two. Maybe we'll do a special thing in the middle of the day and record it and you can go watch it. Or maybe we'll do it at next Holy Spirit. So I don't know how we'll do part two. Uh, We'll be led. How about that? We'll hear from the Lord. But this is what I wanted you to get tonight. What's in the flesh and what's in the blood? You look at this, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, it says... Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump. You can tell your neighbor, God wants me to be a new lump. (laughs) Just as you are in fact unleavened. This is what I want you to see. For Christ, our Passover also has been sacrificed. Christ is our Passover. So what happened in the Passover... Everything that was supposed to happen bad in the blood, in the power of the blood was life. And everything that was bad was completely spared. One thing that you can say is in the blood is that you become exempt from the attacks and the bondages because of the Passover. The Passover blood not only spared them from death, but that is the blood that finally broke the bondage of the Egyptians over all of Israel. So in the blood is an exemption from every attack and every bondage of the enemy. Every one of them. So when you take your communion, you're not just believing to remember His love for you on the cross. You're remembering what it became for you. It became, this is my exemption. This is my breaking of every bondage and every attack. And I will not walk under that again. That will pass over me because He is my Passover lamb. He's my Passover. This is my Passover blood. And it's breaking every attack in my life. I receive freedom as you take the miracle meal. Look at Zechariah chapter 9. Everybody's singing their Bible song now. Go to uh, go to Psalms right in the middle and go right. 
And you'll pass through Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, eventually there's Zechariah. Zechariah 9. Or you can go to Matthew and go left. It's a little shorter from Matthew. I'll tell you a funny story while you're finding it. And everybody's like, oh, praise God, he's giving me some time to find it. The other day, <laughs> the other day I was sitting there, and this was at Pastor, I've had a lot of Pastor Rodney stories this week. And uh, I was sitting there, and where'd they go to? They went to, um, oh gracious, what book was it? Nehemiah. Nehemiah. And because it had an ayah on the end of it, I'm thinking prophets. But that's not in, it's not in the prophets, the minor or the major prophets. And I was looking all past Psalms. And, and uh, uh, do you remember um, uh, what the guy who, who sang? Uh, Ray. Ray, Ray Silliers. Yeah, Silliers. Anyway, he came and sang. He was sitting next to me. He was like, you're a little too far to the right. <laughs> I was like looking for it. I'm like, man, I'm over in the prophets. I was not putting it over there with Job and, and Ezra. You know, I was in the wrong section. I was like, sorry, man, I hadn't gone there recently. And uh, I don't have those cool little tabs, you know. Anyway, so even pastors can forget where books are sometimes. I just went, Aya, he must be a prophet, you know. And so anyway, tell on myself. It was funny. He was like, you're a little bit to the right. I was like, thanks, Ray. It's like, shut up, man. <laughs> it, was, it was an embarrassing moment. Zechariah chapter 9. The blood, listen to this, listen to this. The blood is a covenant stronghold. It is a stronghold of the covenant. Now in verse 9, it shows uh, what, he, what he's saying. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Now, obviously, who's he talking about? Jesus. Jesus. All right. He is just and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of the donkey. So we're talking about Jesus. In other words, Jesus is coming. And what I'm about to tell you is because he's coming, right? All right. So now go to verse 11 and 12, right? Verse 11 and 12 says this, as for you also, because of the blood, because of the blood of my covenant with you. It is the blood of covenant. I have set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold. What stronghold is he talking about? He's talking about the stronghold of covenant blood. He's saying return to the place where you are completely protected. Return to the place where the enemy can't even see you. Return to the place where he can't touch you. The covenant stronghold of the blood. Old prisoners. And he's basically saying who now have hope. Return. To the stronghold. This very day I'm declaring that I will restore double to you. The blood is a covenant stronghold and it is a restoration of all things. It's a restoration of all things. The blood. The blood. The blood. Do you understand what a stronghold is? 
It's a place where the enemy can't see you, can't touch you, and he can't break through. The blood is a protector. The blood is a breaker of the bondages. It's the blood. They will overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. See, you can take this blood and take communion and it mean nothing to you. Or you can get some revelation about what's in the body and the blood. And then you can make what's in it a, a part of your testimony. They overcame him by the blood and the word of their testimony that says, when I take this blood, every evil deed must pass over. When I take this blood, everything must be broken. Now you're testifying. Now the word of your testimony is going forth. When I take this blood and this bread, I will have revelation. When I take it, health will be restored. When I take this blood and the bread, now I'm putting testimony to what Jesus has done. And I'm taking it different from somebody else who just goes, boom, boom. No, 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 I'm taking it differently. And then it says, you hold on to that testimony. You hold on to the power of the blood. It is a covenant to you. There are things in this miracle meal that you've been longing for. There are things that you've been desiring and you didn't know that you had it there the whole time. I'm showing it to you in the Word. Matthew 27. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Man, man, man. Matthew 27. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture right here. I love it. Matthew 27 and verse 50. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tomb after his resurrection, they had entered the holy city and appeared to many. Listen... Listen to what he says. Listen to this. When he drained his blood on the cross, the earth could not stand it. The earth quaked, the rocks rent, graves were open, and many dead, the saints which slept, arose. Similarly to that, as the blood gets into your body, everything holding you down will quake. Everything trying to pull you to the grave will be destroyed. Anything dead in your system will be fully restored to life by the power of the blood. Ain't that something? Glory to God. Glory to God. And we just were eating crackers up till now. (laughs) Having some grape juice. (laughs) The blood of Jesus is the answer to all satanic uprisings in your life. Every time the devil tries to snick his head in your business, it's the blood. The covenant stronghold of God he can't touch. The earth couldn't take the shedding of blood. It couldn't take it. It had to quake. It had to give up its dead. It couldn't take it. 
The veil between you and God couldn't stand when the blood was released in full. And it's still released in full for you today. Oh, good gravy. Lord, that's awesome. The blood, it infuses eternal life into your system. It infuses eternal life into your system. We're preaching. Let me read this to you in closing. It infuses eternal life into your system. The mystery of the blood in the miracle meal is the duplication of Christ inside the saints. Enabling to live the God order of life. Let me read that again. The mystery of the blood in the miracle meal is the duplication of Christ inside the saints, enabling them to live the God order of life. Listen, listen to this. Can Christ kidneys fail? Can his liver malfunction? Can Jesus' bones be irreparable? Whatever is contrary to the dignity of the life of Jesus cannot survive the power that his blood conveys to your body. It cannot survive the power. It can't survive. It's a most balanced diet of the flesh and the blood in the miracle meal, in communion. He says, by now I expect that you have a proper understanding of the blood and the flesh of Jesus Christ. It is a most balanced diet, an unbeatable combination in spiritual warfare. The blood is the answer to every satanic assault, and the flesh is the covenant antidote for every physiological imbalance and body poison. In other words, the blood stops it and breaks it, and the flesh heals it. This kind of understanding is what gives you automatic access to your benefits of divine health. Taking the flesh and blood is not enough. Taking it with understanding is what guarantees outstanding results. It is Jesus' free offer of redemption which constitutes an eternal insurance for spiritual and mental soundness as well as physical fitness. Now let me read this to you. These are the things that we talked about. The miracle meal, the blood, and the body of Christ. It's the ultimate diet. It's better than manna. It's life. It swallows up vanities and anything contrary to the blessing of God. It neutralizes death. It neutralizes poison. It neutralizes imbalances. It neutralizes the wrong blood pressures. It neutralizes sugar levels. It brings revelation. It restores mental dignity. 
It makes you exempt from satanic attacks. It breaks satanic bondages. It is a covenant stronghold. It is the freedom of God, not just a wafer and a little bit of juice. And it's only those things when we move in revelation of what's in it. It's only those things when you apply faith to it and you believe God for it. So now, as we wrap up, let's go ahead and pass these out. And let's look at these scriptures. Matthew 26, 26. Is there anybody that could use some partaking of the body and the blood? And as you take it, you remember what he did for you. But not just what he did for you on the cross, but what he did for you on the cross, what it meant. The life, the freedom the neutralization of attacks, the breaking of the bondages. Matthew 26, 26 says this, <clears throat> While they were eating, Jesus took some bread, and after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it. All of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. Do you remember in the healing series, when we talked about healing, we said when we were redeemed from the curse, the curse hung on to sin. You remember that? When you remove the sin factor, you remove everything that the curse can hang on. And so when you receive the blood, what you're doing is you're removing everything that the curse can hang on. And that's why the blood uh, basically removes every part of the curse. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 23 through 31. He says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I want you to notice the preparation of Jesus was to take that, to show what he was going to do with his body and break it. But he also, right there in that moment, he gave thanks for it. That's something that we need to make sure that we do. Lord, I know what this represents. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This represents the restoration and the removal of everything in my life that is not of you. Thank you for your body that you gave. Thank you, Lord. Then it says this... <clears throat> 
He says, in the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance as me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, what he's saying here is, you proclaim the Lord's death, you're saying that everything, every promise that's in that blood it's already been paid for. The, he tasted death so that now I don't have to. I'm proclaiming that this thing has set me completely free. This blood and this body is breaking every curse in, in my life. It is going to be healing in my life. It's going to be revelation. It's going to break every attack, break every bondage. I'm going to walk free. I'm going to walk out after I have this completely different from when I walked in. And I thank you for it and I praise you for it. Lord, there's nothing that you paid for that's going to have any hold in my life after this moment. When I take the body and the blood, after I take the communion, after I take a miracle meal. Then he says this. Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. What he's saying is this. Don't just take it and not count the cost and the price, but he's also saying this, don't take it and don't apply faith to what's in it. And what he's also saying is also this, this costs Jesus everything. So don't walk in a manner from this point forward like it didn't cost him anything. Don't walk like that. He gave his all to you. You should give your all to him and his kingdom and his righteousness. If you do that, all these things will be added to you. But don't sit here and take communion on Sunday and then live like hell Monday through Saturday. He's saying don't do that. Don't, don't act like there was no price involved because there was a price involved. In other words, one of the things that's so very important is that you don't, you don't start to take this without making sure that your relationship is right where it needs to be. And you don't take it without saying and understanding what's in it and believing God that this is doing something inside of me as well. Receiving everything that it cost. It cost him his life. It cost him his health. It cost him the soundness of mind. It cost him everything. And I'm receiving that because he was willing to give it up for me. In other words, I'm receiving everything that he wanted me to receive and nothing short of it. And I will live like it. So now stand with me today. Lord, there is life. And life everlasting in the body and the blood. And right now today, I will not go past here without receiving everything that you promised. But before I even get into that, Lord, I want to make sure that I'm where I need to be. I recognize the price of your body and blood. It cost you everything, Jesus. 
and I will live from this moment forward with you on the throne, with you as a priority. I won't live like this costs nothing. It costs you everything. Father, it costs you your son. Jesus, it costs you your life. And I'll live like that. And I'll give you my everything. Jesus, I'm giving you my everything. When I'm uncomfortable, when I don't want to, I'm going to give you my everything. And just get serious with God in your heart right now. And just pray this with me. Just say, Father, right now, I make Jesus the Lord of my life. He's my Savior. He's the director of my life. He calls the shots. And He empowers me to be obedient. And I will be obedient. He's the Lord. He's the director. Not me and not my fleshly desires. Jesus is the Lord. Make sure you speak this with your mouth. Don't just think it. Jesus is my Lord. Amen. Lord, I believe that you died for me. And that my sins took you into the grave. And I believe that God brought you back to life. And when He raised you up, He raised me up. And now I am seated with Him in heavenly places, according to your word, in fullness of life, in Christ. If that eternal life will make it where He can't be affected by sickness, then I can't be affected. If He's free, then I'm free. And I receive that freedom now. This miracle meal, the body and the blood, it's better than manna. It's full of life. It swallows up vanities. It neutralizes death. Neutralizes poisons. It neutralizes toxins. It neutralizes imbalances. It sets my blood pressure right. It sets my sugar levels right. It causes organs to work. The way you created them. It brings revelation. It restores mental dignity. It exempts me from attacks. It exempts me from bondages. And breaks them. It's my covenant stronghold. Where the devil can't touch me. Jesus, we receive everything that's in the body and the blood. We receive fullness of freedom right now today. We esteem the cost of your love. And we esteem the treasures that's in the miracle meal of communion. And Father, we receive those things today. And our lives from this moment forward is completely changed. Simply 
by partaking correctly of the blood and the flesh of Jesus Christ. And you just meditate on that. And when it's right for you, when you get to that place where you know you're taking it with faith, you take that and you expect to receive miracles right then in that moment. Say this with me. When I take this, miracles are happening in my body, in my mind, in every part of me. I'll never be the same. Thank you, Father, for the body and the blood, just like you gave thanks. If anybody needed to give thanks and you gave thanks, we certainly do. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. We receive in full the body and the blood of Christ. Thank you for healing, Lord. Thank you for life. Thank you for everything. Thank you for everything. 